This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Naz and Wally Show. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Leagues fan. I'm chair-sitting today for Wally, who's uh, sitting in sunny Florida as we speak, but he'll be joining us. But we've got a very exciting show today with, first off, the godfather of uh, talk radio, uh, Eddie Edelman, and uh, and he's going to obviously give us some insights. He's from Boston, so you know which way he's going to be leaning today in the game. And second, we have uh, the ever-always... I guess the best way to say it is uh, um, entertaining. Eugene Malnick will be joining us, uh, hopefully near the bottom of the hour. But first off, I'd like to welcome uh, Naz. Good Good morning, morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great today. Well, rough driving. A little tough driving this morning. And uh, speaking of which, that's a good uh, soliloquy for the the other guy joining us this morning. (laughs) Uh, Good morning, uh, Walter. How's weather down in uh, sunny Florida? Uh, well, it's uh, however it is down here. I'm looking out the window now. I'm actually, there's a. It, it's not the greatest weather today. It's not it's not all that sunny where I am, and it's actually raining right now and pretty windy. So it's miserable down here today as well. But I, my guess is it's not as miserable as it is in Toronto. I'll I'll take this over a snowstorm anytime. I understand the weather is not the greatest in Toronto this morning. Uh, no, the roads are not exactly very friendly for. Yeah, and they haven't been cleaned either. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been clean, I'm Wally. Sure, That's a problem. I'm sure they'll get around to it. I'm sure they'll get around to it. Uh, anyways, guys, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, had, yeah. a, had a pretty interesting week. Uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic run. Um, and I know it got you all excited, Naz, uh, on your Facebook posts. Uh, uh, my guess is you're probably wearing some Leaf paraphernalia. No, the, not today. Uh, I'm wearing a Bills hat because I want the Bills to be in the Super Bowl, not New England. And he's wearing an Alabama sweatshirt, which I can't believe. Like it's just uh, Notre Dame. You know what? During, I, I think during the first break, I'm going to pop my iPad up so I can actually see you guys. I'm going to log into www.zoomeradio.ca so I can actually I can see you guys live streaming. But uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, I uh, managed to watch a, a Leafs game before I left, and uh, you know, the CRTC makes it quite difficult to watch. Uh, Toronto hockey down in down where I am, and uh, it's a little bit of you know I just I couldn't I couldn't figure out any strategy where I could actually watch the Leaf game last night other than subscribing to the NHL Network, and I wasn't going to do that, so I didn't actually see the Leaf game last night, notwithstanding the tremendous efforts I made to try and get around our federal regulations, which uh, sort of prevented me from getting the Leaf game on anything that I own, uh, but guys. Uh, from what I read, uh, Leafs got taken a little bit, uh, got a little bit schooled last night. Uh, yeah, but they uh, Naz, three, your thoughts? Three games in four nights, and Boston waiting for them for three days. You know, it's kind of tough, difficult to play. I don't consider that game last night any indication of what's going to happen later on. 
No, Mike, I, your thoughts? No, I mean, you know, come on. If they win four out of every five games for the rest of the year, I'm sure everybody would be pretty happy with that result. They played bad last night. It happens. Yeah, and, but I, I think the concern is, and, and, I, and I agree with you guys on that, you know, it's, it's a long season, but um, you would have thought they would have had a little bit of adrenaline going last night because, you know, Boston-Toronto looks like, uh, looks like the first-round matchup. At least I thought it was. But this this Boston team's on a is is on is on a bit of a roll, and uh, I mean I love to chat with Eddie Andelman about that when we get him on. But uh, they've taken points in twenty of their last twenty one games, and uh, you know the, the the general manager there. I mean Shirelli left and sort of left the team behind that uh, didn't uh, didn't seem like it was going anywhere. Chara was getting old, and uh, but uh, this team this team looks like it's on a roll. And uh, they may very well they may very well end up catching Tampa. So you know, I, I thought Toronto Boston was a lock in the in the first round, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of getting uh, mixed feelings about that. It might be Toronto Tampa Bay. Uh, Boston seems to have built a pretty uh, pretty uh, interesting team in quite a bit in a, in a short period of time. Um, Thoughts, guys? Well, they're very similar to Toronto from last year, where some of the young players they have are developing quicker than was expected. And the system that they've put in place seems to be working. And the Leafs last night, when it you know met up with a team that challenged them pretty aggressively, and they, they the one thing I think Toronto can take away from last night's game is be prepared for a little bit of a reminder of what happened last year when they faced Washington in their playoffs, that the checking gets a little tighter, the rubbing after whistles and after the play gets a little tougher and gets a little bit more prevalent. And Austin Matthews was taking off his game last night when they made sure Chara and Bergeron was on him every time he was on the ice. So a little quick reminder for the guys about uh, what's up in store for them coming in the near future. I don't think Boston is going to be there in the end. I think Tampa Bay's for real. Boston will, will suffer a bit. They'll go into a slump and It'll be Toronto and Boston the first round, I'm pretty sure. Now, the Leafs have uh, a lot of home games coming up, so they should make hay in the next two weeks. They play uh, Monday night against Anaheim, and then they play Nashville on Wednesday and New Jersey on uh, Saturday, or Ottawa on Saturday at home. So they got three home games in a row, so they should make some hay. your, your takeaways, Nash, from the uh, from the from the New York uh, uh, tandems uh, oh, no. uh, shoutouts this week. Of, I guess first the Islanders and then the Rangers. And uh, I you know it's been a long time. It's been a long time since a Toronto Maple Leaf team, you know, has got, has beat one team five. It was five nothing, and then I guess uh, four. was it four, four. nothing four. or four one. Four nothing. Well, I'm a, well, score four nothing. Yeah, four nothing. Double, double four nothing. Shutout, double Two back to back shutouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that's and uh, and they were hurting on the back end. A couple of a uh, couple of uh, rookies, uh, or a couple of call ups from the Marlies uh, seemed to fit in pretty 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 uh, pretty well. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, Justin Bowles bodes well. At least able to do that. Uh, they had a bad stretch for for a while, or a mediocre stretch. Let's not call it a bad stretch. And you know, long season, they got on a little bit of a roll. And like you say, Naz, there's a there's a lot to lot to be positive about. Well, the, the Islanders and Rangers looked awful, though, Wally. They really did. The Leafs played well, but the Islanders and Rangers look awful. The Rangers are in deep trouble. They're gonna have to dismantle that whole team. And the Islanders may be in as much trouble as the Rangers. A really bad and, situation and, in New York. 
Well, I watched uh, Toronto last. Yeah, yeah, I watched Toronto. I mean, the thing about it was the the, the comparison between uh, Wednesday and Thursday and last night is that Wednesday and Thursday were allowed to freewheel, and the young guys and the young legs, those two teams couldn't match them. And once you let these guys go, I mean, it's like letting the horses out of the corral. These guys were just, you know, bang on, and and they just were moving the puck at free will. Last night was the total opposite. They shut them down, and they didn't let them get out of the barn, and you saw the result. What a hockey player Bergeron is, though. No question. Oh, my goodness gracious. He can play both ends of the rink pretty well. I think he may be better than Taves in both ends right now. Uh, Bergeron is playing really well. Yeah, that's uh, and that that line that uh, the Bruins uh, throw out at you. They uh, they're they're the apparently they're they play a lot of ice time. And they occupy um, you know they take a lot of uh, they can play both ends of the ice and uh, they you know what I'm reading is that 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 line is the key to the to the Bruins' success. Well, and they were missing uh, Marchand last night too. Remember. Marchand from the uh, suspension. So suspended. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it's, it's, he got five. He should have got 10 or 15 for what he did. But uh, the uh, the powers that be at the NHL don't uh, don't uh, listen to us. Now, give us a little idea what, uh, what the Leafs are up against in the next couple of weeks. Well, they play next week. They play three home games, as I was saying. And they uh, play uh, Monday against Anaheim, who Randy Carlisle's back in town. And then they play uh, Nashville and then Ottawa at home. So the next three games are important for them. Now I think they're going to finish either. I think they're going to finish third in their division, and they're going to play Boston. That's almost a sure thing, right? And the teams behind them, nobody's winning at all. Nobody's winning. So I don't see them catching the Leafs. Leafs are in pretty good shape. Now all of a sudden they have depth on defense that we didn't know about down in the Marlies. And the Marlies must have some good players if they're number one in the American Hockey League, right? There must be talent there. Or well, I watched them play yesterday, and uh, they've got four or five guys down there that are ready to play in the National Hockey League. And, uh, I mean, they played Lavelle yesterday. It was like them playing the Junior B team. And the speed they got up front and also on the back end, they got some very good players. And the thing about it is uh, now you've got a little bit of controversy creeping into Leaf Camp with Josh Levo now apparently asking for a trade because he can't play. And this kid should be playing somewhere in the National Hockey League. he got the same problem with Kapanen. He'd be a top-nine forward, I would say, on most of the teams in the National Hockey League. And in Toronto, he's playing on the fourth line. So, you, you know, Mike Babcock's got... This is when it gets tough for these type of teams. you got to keep everybody happy. And there's only so much ice to go around. And some of the guys are starting to feel the pains of that. And that's going to be the next challenge for Lou coming up in the next few weeks when he wants to. There's going to be some moves probably made. you got Shostakov down there with the Martyrs. He played yesterday. He looked very good. He scored a goal. You know, there's some play. Again, they've got some guys in the deep end back there that are looking pretty good. So there could be some moves. I just hope they keep things together and they can keep everybody on the same page. Wally, uh, what's happening with Phil Kessel? Do you see where he is in the scoring race now? <laughs> he's he's oh, two points behind Kucherov, and he's in second uh, in scoring. Yep, Second in scoring uh, in the National Hockey League, and he could win, uh-oh, the MVP of the league. <laughs> You're being provocative. No, uh, Pittsburgh is saying that <laughs> Kessel's been their best player all year. It's yeah, not you know, out of the... We, we, you, know, you know what, we, you know... When 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 Kessel got traded, and I'm not so sure, uh, you know, we we got to go to break and we got to get Andy Andelman yeah. on. We got to talk Super Bowl because this is a, this is a discussion. You get me going on this discussion, Naz. This could occupy the rest of the show, but I'll, I'll, you know, we'll have this discussion as the season keeps going. Uh, and you know, I mean, 
the reality is when, when Kessel got traded out of town, I wasn't a big fan of, um, I thought they could have got more. I thought he was a world-class, he's got world-class skills. I guess the only knock against them was uh, maybe he wasn't that great on the back end, uh, 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 back checking and stuff. But when you got a talent at that, an offensive talent at that level, with the, the, the skill level that's required to play in the NHL today, and I, you know, I mean, no, they got Kapanen out of them, but you know what, Kapanen's not Phil Kessel. So, well, I think the one thing uh, that wait, wait, uh, let's get to, let's 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 have that discussion. You know. We'll, that's probably going to be a weekly discussion on yeah. the Nazimali Sports Hour from now till the end of the week. So, well, the, the thing that, get, that uh, tells me he's going to lead the league in scoring is he doesn't miss too many games. And uh, McKinnon is out for two or three weeks, so I think he's done as the yeah. leading scorer. I think Kessel's yeah. got a shot. He has a real shot. Well, I can tell you guys that, you know, from the guys I know in Pittsburgh in the organization, Ricky Tockett, one of the things that he told me uh, about Kessel that really surprised him was how well he saw the ice and how good a passer he was. Like, they knew he was a good player, but they didn't realize how good he was at moving the puck and seeing the ice. And obviously, you can see what he's doing this year. So anyway, I think, I think as you mentioned, Wally, we should probably go to break. We'll come back with, I'm sure we're going to have a little bit of a hometown, um, you know, prerogative <laughs> coming at us with, uh, Eddie, you know, with Eddie. But uh, nevertheless, we're going to have to listen to it like all the Pat fans are going to give to us today. So we'll be back in a minute. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville unveiled the new Pizzaville app. Order your Pizzaville favourites right on your cell phone. Unlike other apps, with the Pizzaville app, you can also pay for your order. It's fast and secure. Unlike my half-brother Raul, who's slow and, since the accident with his elevator shoes, very insecure. Download your free Pizzaville app today from the Apple App Store or Google Play. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, this is Mike Wilson filling in, and I guess chair sitting for uh, Wally, who's in uh, Florida, rainy Florida, as we hear this morning. And 
Wally, I think um, it's only fitting that maybe our next guest, uh, maybe you should do the introduction. Uh, of- uh, I absolutely will. Uh, uh, first, first of all, before I go there, Naz, please check your text. I sent you a text during the uh, during the uh, during the break, which and give that information to our producer Sebastian, please. No problem, Eddie Andelman. Good morning, Eddie. How are you, sir? Good morning, fellas. How you doing? We're doing, We're doing great. great. Eddie Andelman, of course, uh, for all our listeners, is the godfather of sports radio the uh, host of the illustrious and the most famous radio uh, sports talk radio show ever on Boston radio. But of course, I'm talking about the sports huddle. Eddie, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm pretty good for an old man. Uh, you're still doing good. Listen, I want to, I want to cut to the chase. We, we, we want to talk about the Toronto-Boston rivalry that's developing everywhere nowadays. Of course, the Bruins and the Leafs and the Celtics and the Raptors. But this is... Super Bowl Sunday, and we uh, and of course you're you're uh, you're a Boston native, you're a Patriots fan, you're a Brady fan, and I notice uh, you tweeted last night that uh, you're picking the Patriots twenty four nine over the Eagles. Uh, Eddie, uh, break the game down for us. Well, I tell you, you know it's uh, remarkable that uh, Tom Brady at age forty seems to be as good as he ever was. And the most interesting thing about uh, Brady, and the reason I consider him the greatest quarterback of all time, is that when Dan Marino, for example, uh, played, he had receivers who ended up in the Hall of Fame. And that goes for Joe Montana. Uh, Actually, Brady has a bunch of no-names. And look at his stats. He's an incredible leader. He's extremely smart. And, you know, a lot of those NFL players, uh, they could not uh, win a game of tic-tac-toe. But Brady is a genius, and uh, I'm glad to see him uh, back in the Super Bowl. And I, I'm just one person that hopes he's got three young children, infants almost. And I, I think that he's pushing uh, the envelope. If he wins, I really think he should retire before he gets hurt. Eddie, what happens when he does retire? Uh, who's going to be the quarterback of this team? Well, uh, you know, uh, I always think of uh, all the great dynasties there have been in sports. And, uh, you know, they end. And they end with a thud. Our Celtics, for example, uh, won nine championships in 11 years. Uh, and then it took them a long time to get back again. And they're still not back to where they should be. Uh I don't consider the Montreal Canadiens a dynasty because most of their dynasty happened when they had first pick of any uh, Quebec-born youngster. So they automatically got John Bellable, for example. Um, but this dynasty will stay as long as Brady plays. And then it'll be a nightmare. If you remember the New York Yankees, uh, they were sold for $11 million after all their great years because they finished next to last one year. And uh, that was kind of a good buy, $11 million for the Yankees. So, Eddie, let me ask uh, you this. Oh, Eddie, let me ask you this. Um, you know, not, not taking it away from Tom Brady, because, you know, I mean, he will go down probably as the greatest quarterback of all time. And the Patriots, it's funny that you're picking him 24-9 today because all their Super Bowls have been won by less than six points and all come down to the last couple of minutes. So you're looking for a little bit of a blowout today, it sounds like. But regardless of that, Going back to the Patriots and the, and the, the legacy that they're building, 
the question I have, is it more that they are that good or that the rest of the league is that bad in the FC? Well, I think it's sort of a combination of the most, but I weigh heavily in your favor. Um, I think that, um, you know, they're so well prepared. Uh, they want to win so badly. Uh, and they're led by such a great person in Tom Brady. Um, I, I think it's, it's a combination of factors. And there is some luck in there because they're in the worst division in the history of sports. I mean, they have a division that most teams will never be 500. Most teams don't have decent quarterbacks. So that gives them a big edge to be able to get home field advantage. So I guess there's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah, and the other thing, too, I, I would add is that, you know, uh, being a Bills fan, so we suffer this pain every time we do play the Patriots, that in the games, if you'll notice, games are close at halftime. And I think this is where the genius of Bel- Bill Belichick comes in is because if you ever notice when games are close coming to the halftime, the adjustments made and all of a sudden the second half, there's usually no contest. Well, I also think a lot of it has to do with conditioning. And um, the Patriots are built to, uh, built to go five quarters. You know, I mean, they're in great shape. And I'm not sure all the NFL players are in that kind of a shape. Um, Buffalo, for example, suffers from terrible management. I mean, that's really what their problem is. And that goes for the Jets, too. And Miami just um, has—they don't have any luck at all. You know, they finally get Tannehill, and, and then all of a sudden he's gone for the season. But uh, you're right on one thing. If uh, Brady goes, they traded away uh, the heir apparent. But I got a hunch that they're going to go for uh, the UCLA. I'm sorry, it's a Southern Cal, uh, Josh Rosen, um, because he reminds me in build and the way he talks of Tom Brady. But they're going to have to do something they've never really done before, move way up in the draft. Wally, what do you think about Eddie, all this? Yeah. Eddie, I want to ask you, um, you're, you're obviously very close to the Boston sports scene, and there's a, a story that sort of died down that, you know, got started, when I guess, during playoffs. Almost, it almost seemed like it got started to try and throw the Patriots off. And there's this whole story about a Brady-Belichuk uh, craft rift where they, uh, they weren't getting along. And what's, what's your assessment of that, Eddie? Um, well, I think I think it is true. Um, I think that um, number one, Tom Brady has a partner uh, who has great faith in, who is the equivalent of a witch doctor, and uh, because Brady has lasted so long, people have put confidence in him. There's 23 players going to this witch doctor and not listening to the Patriots training staff or doctors. And that's almost a, a, a terrible situation. And um, I think for some reason, I don't know quite why Kraft, the owner, decided to, change, to trade Grappolo for almost nothing. Had he waited a while, he certainly could have got at least a first-round pick, not a second, and maybe even a player, because there's such a quarterback shortage. So I'm puzzled by sometimes these moves. And Belichick, to me, is some kind of a screwball in that he's a brilliant coach, but he's just not a nice person. I mean, if you listen to what he says, but uh, 
he's got those players scared to death. And if you remember last year or the year before, there was a huge snowstorm uh, in New England, and a couple of players got there late uh, for practice. He suspended them. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even travel the roads. So I, I guess it's a combination of factors, but it's, I think, the greatest uh, dynasty, not just in football, but maybe in sports as a team, because uh, – it's so competitive. Uh, there's 30-something teams in the league. When the Celtics won 9 of 11, there was only eight teams in the league. And uh, so sports has really changed. It's much harder to win a championship today. Eddie, did you... Uh, Eddie, I got it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You don't mind, guys. Uh, it is Super Bowl Sunday. It is the... You know, it, it is the... Other than the World Cup of Soccer, the greatest, and uh, WrestleMania, the greatest sports spectacle in the world. And, Eddie, you know, I want to take advantage. You know, it's uh, I, I've seen every single Super Bowl, and, in fact, the first couple of years that it wasn't even called the Super Bowl. It was called the AFL-NFL Championship. But I want to go back. I want to go back in time a little bit because uh, you obviously remember that it may have been one of the most significant games in, in sports, professional sports history. I'm talking, of course, about the Jets and the Colts. Uh, and, I was there. I was there. You were there. Uh, tell us about your recollections of, of that week. And, and of course, uh, is that one of the most significant Sporting events in professional sports history. Yeah, that along with signing Neyman for uh, $400,000. Can you imagine the fear there was when someone signed for $400,000? And that's what made uh, Neyman's headlines. And then, of course, the way that he acted and, and boasted. But it was um, a major uh, event because it really realigned the entire uh, Super Bowl, if you recall, the Packers won the first couple, and they didn't know whether the uh, AFC was for real or not. And then, of course, with the big upset, um, then they, they recognized as legitimate the um, AFC uh, teams. You know, it's really uh, interesting that you say that because uh, I have thought that for a long time, but never really spoke publicly about it, so I congratulate you. That's a great observation. Eddie, um, just getting back to the Super Bowl today, um, I, I think there's a factor also that it plays in players' heads. I mean, I, I'm, I'm of the belief these guys know what they're playing for. So once the ball's in the air at 630, it's another football game, okay, for the, for the players around the field. But leading into that, how much of a fact do you think is in players' heads? I'm, I'm saying from the Philadelphia side that just the, these Patch just seemed to find a way to win. And whether the football gods are helping them or whether it's just some sort of fluke that happens or whatever it is, something factors in that these guys just somehow always win. So what is it going to take for Philadelphia to win today? Well, I think they've got to get to, to Brady. That, that really is the crux of the matter. They, uh, if you ask me two things, I'd say that was number one. And number two, uh, stop the Gronk. Uh, I think those really are the keys to winning the football game. I think Philadelphia has an excellent chance, and this the weather is certainly going to play a factor. Although both are experienced playing in cold weather, um, but you know, I'm totally against this uh, playing in rotten weather. I'm I'm one that thinks the Super Bowl should be permanently in New Orleans, 
because I've been to them all, and New Orleans is always the most fun, with the most largest capacity, over 80,000. But uh, it, this is like blackmail, sports blackmail. The NFL uh, decided that uh, if you use public money, they'll give you like a little reward. And so Minnesota got a new uh, stadium with lots of help from the taxpayers, and so this is their uh, bonus for doing that. It is blackmail, you know, pure and simple. The, the, I once got a Ph.D. sent to me by a student from Stanford, who was originally from Boston. And in this Ph.D. dissertation, he talked about all the deals that have been made in stadiums and arenas uh, in the United States of America over like a 15-year period. Not one has ever paid for itself. Not one has not lost money. So uh, I, I think it's, it's really a telltale that these guys are making billions of dollars. Why the hell should taxpayers support them? I, mean, I don't get it. Eddie, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, w one last question, uh, Mike Naz, we got to move on. Uh, and then uh, Eddie, save some stories for me for tomorrow because uh, we're going to get together. We're going to we're going to chat some sports. Uh, but Eddie, uh, you buying Wally? I'm buying. I promise. Uh, Toronto, Boston. We've got we got the Raptors and the Celtics who look like they're headed to uh, to a battle of some kind. We got the Bruins and the Leafs. Eddie, are Toronto and Boston starting to hate each other in the sports world? <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you. Any child that was born in the last 10, uh, well, 10 or 12 years has seen a Boston team win all the four majors. I mean, it's really spectacular what's happened. But one thing about Boston, uh, as opposed to Toronto, um, I think in Toronto, the people are very patient. They love their teams. They're loyal to their teams. In Boston, it's all about winning. That's all they care about. They don't care how it's done. You know, you've seen all these Patriots, uh, all these calls about they cheated here, they cheated there. <laughs> Nobody cares. You know, all they want to do is win. And the fans demand winning. And I think that uh, it's very emotional for people in New England with their teams. And, you know, it's sort of like uh, the Maple Leafs, except that uh, if the Maple Leafs were in Boston, they would have won three times by now because – the owners would have been humiliated to the point where they would do everything to win. And I'm not so sure that uh, the Maple Leafs do that. Well, thanks, Eddie. Anyway, it was uh, great talking to you today, and uh, we could go on and tell lots of stories. And uh, so it's just been, you know, we're going to watch with uh, real interest this afternoon and see what happens. So we just want to thank you for your time today, and uh, we'll speak to you again. And, well, it's uh, always a pleasure. And the, the name of the place we're eating tomorrow is, is Brother Jimmy's. Did you Don't hear that, late, Wally? Eddie, one o'clock sharp. Okay, we'll see you there. Okay, Thank guys, you. we're going to be okay. back in a moment, and uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Eugene Melnick. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636.
At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back, guys. And, uh, you know, listening here today, uh, it's Mike Wilson filling in for Wally, who's in Florida, in rainy Florida, as we keep hearing about. And it's Super Bowl Sunday, but, you know, we do have a special guest on the line with us this morning. Coming to us, uh, you know, one of our, I guess you could say one of our rivals, but uh, somebody I believe who still owes me a dinner for uh, Ottawa Toronto bet a couple of years ago. Good morning, Eugene Melnick. <laughs> uh, good morning, Walter. How are you today? Good morning, uh, good morning, Eugene. Uh, just so you're aware, Mike Wilson. Yeah, uh, he didn't hear me. I'm I'm down south. Mike Wilson's in the chair, and Naz is here, of course. And guys, by the way, the sun just came out. Eugene, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. And I'm, Mike warned me last night that uh, he's going to be on the line. I thought he was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he's, uh, you, you put a uh, you put a lease guy up against me. It's uh, you know now I've got a fight. <laughs> I didn't know that you and Mike were such good friends. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to Mike here. Mike, uh, go at Eugene. Then I'll uh, I'll get my two shots. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, no, Gene. Uh, you know, he's he's a, he's a good guy, folks. Out there. The only problem is he just happens. To, so the only downfall seems to be the team he owns. Otherwise, uh, he's a pretty good guy. He's done some great work with St. Mike's College. Uh, he was a visitor to the room for the Ultimate Lease fan, and uh, he shared some great stories. And you still owe me a dinner, by the way, for a bet from a couple years ago. But Eugene. <laughs> Eugene, the main uh, the main uh, question that everybody else wants to know it's it's and we've got to go there with it is how long are you going to own the team and what's new what's on the the front for a new arena for the Ottawa Senators? Well, I guess uh, as far as owning the team, I'm going to own the team for as long as I you know can and will. It's uh, there's no you know the the story goes around once in a while, and I just uh, you know have to slough it off. It's every few years every starts getting all excitable about uh, selling a team or something. So I just dispel it and keep going and rolling along. Um, as far as the development is concerned, there's still a lot of uh, uh, hurdles to get over, but the main one uh, at this time that uh, we just got through, and it's an important one, but 
uh, I'm going to caution everyone not to get too excited, uh, is uh, the, the deal between ourselves and uh, the NCC. And it's critical because it, it always um, it deals with a lot of uh, things that are outside of money. But the main thing was we did complete um, all of the financial, a lot of the financial aspects of uh, the deal with them. Um, there's a lot of work to still do. We're still dealing with a uh, problem that we have a competitor, a competitor um, uh, right across the street from us that we have to deal with, uh, and we will. But uh, the uh, overall, I think it's all very positive. Eugene and Walter here, listen, uh, obviously uh, a little bit in jest. Uh, we've, always, uh, we've, always, we've always appreciated the time you've taken for us on the show, and we've always been complimentary of the great work in our opinion, that you've done with hockey in Ottawa. In fact, we've always uh, we've always said hockey might not even be in Ottawa if it wasn't for Eugene Melnick. So, um, so you know, first of all, congratulations on 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 uh, crossing some roadblocks in your project. I know that you are fiercely Ottawa a uh, uh, fierce Ottawa partisan, and uh, you will do everything you possibly can to uh, make the experience for Ottawa fans a better experience. Had a fantastic run at the Stanley Cup last year. Um, not so much this year. So first, congrats, Eugene. Uh, you know, you, you have moved forward in your project, and we wish you all the success in moving that forward. Obviously, uh, hockey in Ottawa successful is, is very, very important to Toronto fans and NHL fans. And... Uh, the actual team itself this year, um, to be fair, Eugene, are you, are you a bit disappointed in terms of how the team has progressed this year? I think uh, that you can't find a single person anywhere near Ottawa that uh, is uh, satisfied with the performance this year. But, you're, you know, you, you look at some of the silver linings. Some some young players have come up and uh, made themselves um, you know, seen by us, by the fans, and that uh, really is a kind of a telescope into the future. And we can, uh, you know, that, that's where the bright sides really are. And, um, you know, we're, we are, it's, it's tough, tough, tough to, to lose. Um, but, you know, it also builds a lot of character. You know, you don't take going to the third round in the Stanley Cup finals for granted. It's something that uh, is, is brutally tough. I saw the players were being carried off uh, the ice and into the dressing room after after the series in Boston, and then again after the series in New York, and then we uh, get into the series with Pittsburgh, and it was more a question of who's not hurt than who's hurt. That, that was the question to the GM from myself. It's uh, okay, forget about who's who, you know who's on top, just who's playing. So you know, it's it's a character building thing for us, and I think also for the fans um, and myself, we were getting used to having. Uh, you know, a very competitive team every year, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of support from the fans in the stands to get um, uh, get these players at uh, you know into that extra gear to um, be a winning team. Eugene, where are you at with uh, Eric Carlson in contract negotiations? I'm sorry, can you repeat it? Where are you at with Carlson with contract negotiations? Well, I leave that to Pierre on uh, and where he is on negotiations. We go through a review process now, and we go through another process at the end of the year. But uh, he will be 
presenting his ideas, and uh, I'm looking I'm very much looking forward to hearing him. But at the end, it's his decision. He's got to he's got to put a full team together, not just one player. And you know what he wants to do with the budget he's given is uh, is is up to him. And I trust him, and I support him, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what he has in mind. Uh, Eugene, getting back to to the, the hockey club this year, you know, as an owner, obviously you're not happy with the results that are happening so far. But looking at it from the business perspective of the NHL, you have to be somewhat satisfied or excited about what we see because, I mean, here's your hockey club as an example: was a you know goalpost or uh, crossbar from making the Stanley Cup final last year. The 16 seed got to the finals last year. The Toronto Maple Leafs, who are now in the playoff hunt, you know, made the playoffs last year in the second last game of the year. You have uh, you know, team kind of Las Vegas, that an expansion team that could possibly finish first overall in the National Hockey League. It, it speaks to the depth of the National Hockey League as a whole and the players and the strength that we have as the best professional sports league in North America, bar none. And just your thoughts on that. I just think that uh, Gary Bettman's done an awesome job in uh, putting this into, uh, putting this all together and keeping everybody in line. We had... Uh, uh, you know, he just celebrated his 25th year as a uh, commissioner, and I've been uh, with the league for 15 of those. And um, I've seen just a constant progression um, you know, uh, of improvement. It's, it's, it's not visible, but if you just roll the clock back 10 years of where we were um, prior to the labor uh, disputes, and to where we are today, it's uh, it's phenomenal the growth, and I think everyone is happy with uh, the overall strength of the league. It's a it's for investors. It's an extremely important part of our um, uh, our presentations of how well the league overall is doing. We're solid. Uh, our fan base is very solid and passionate and growing, and I can only see great things going forward. And uh, especially, expand- I'm very excited about the expansion overseas and to. Scandinavia and China, and um, you know, we're, we're now at the stage where we're playing games over there, and um, hockey is a big, big deal in those countries. So there's no reason why that expansion can't take place, and I'm hoping that that's where Gary wants to take the lead. Uh, Eugene, um, I, I want to get your thoughts on... Um, you came under... Uh, a certain level of criticism for some comments you made during the classic. And I, I don't necessarily want to get into the exact nature. I'm sure you're, you're, you're well aware of it. Um, you know, we've been big boosters of Eugene Melnick on this show for a long time. And, uh, and uh, I was, I, I thought that I, I personally thought some of the criticism of what, what you said at that time was a little bit over the top. Uh, it failed to take mm. into account the passion that you genuinely hold for hockey in Ottawa and all and everything you've done to try and make it work, um, do you feel? Uh, did you feel at that time some of the that some of the criticism is unfair, Eugene? Well, yes, it's very unfair, but uh, it's not something I can do much about. I mean, I I could, but you know what? I, I brush that aside because the people doing the criticism aren't worthy of a criticism, even. So I just move on and. Uh, do my thing and continue on. Look, Gary Bettman, when it comes to the um, labor uh, negotiations, I actually told him, I said, I don't know how you can take all that negative press. Uh, He just continues on. He just puts his head down. 
and keeps going and going. And then, you know, years later, he's um, and he's honored and he's looked upon as the best sports executive of the year. And all you can do is look forward, keep doing what you're doing, believe in what you're doing, and, you know, ignore the, ignore the people that have nothing better to do than to, uh, you know, sit and criticize. Many of them, by the way, are your Leaf fans because <laughs> we trace them back. And uh, a lot of them are little underage kids that shouldn't even be on, a, on, the, um, uh, on the Internet. And uh, but even uh, the reporting is just uh, it's a little over the top. And uh, but let them be. They got nothing else to write about. Let them write about me. Eugene, getting back to the arena, what kind of commitment has the three levels of government made to you guys and uh, to put this together, this arena d- together? Sorry, Walter, could you repeat that? I'd be tough to hear. What are the three, lo- the three levels of government? Have they committed anything towards the senators uh, in the way of a new arena? Well, they, you know, we're not asking for any money or anything. Like, we're not asking for money from any level of government. So we have to dispel that. Um, this is privately financed. That was part of the deal that we had with uh, the NCC. Um, we feel it's very doable as far as finance is concerned. We're just completing a, uh, our financing for the team. So that's got extremely well. I mean, I had one day, of, uh, two days of meetings, and uh, it's concluded pretty much. And uh, so it, it can work under the proper conditions as a private uh, enterprise. So we um, want to dispel any kind of uh, uh, thought that this is, uh, needs government uh, funding. It does not. And it's a very fair deal that we've done with the NCC on, uh, uh, on the land itself. And um, we're just uh, you know, working very hard. We will need the cooperation, though, of the city, and don't, don't, don't underestimate that. And uh, there's permits to get done. There's uh, infrastructure that needs to be built that... Um, you know, it needs your cooperation. So we still need everybody's kind of help to do this, but certainly not financial. Well, Eugene, it's been, it's been a pleasure as always uh, spending some time with you, whether on the phone or in person. And that is a subject that's obviously could continue on at the great lengths, and it well, seems Mike, to be very topical yeah, no. today. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just uh, wanna, uh, before you oh. let Eugene go, I just want oh, uh, to thank yeah. him. You, Eugene, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for... Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we on the Nazawali Sports Hour always appreciate that we know your heart's in the right place and you have a passion for, for hockey in Ottawa, and we hope that you, uh, you move that project forward and, uh, and, uh, and uh, hockey is, uh, is as successful as it possibly can be in the Ottawa area. Certainly as Toronto fans, we love the Toronto-Ottawa rivalry. So, Eugene, thanks, and always the best of luck. Well, thank you very much to everyone. Have a great day. Oh, one last thing, Walter. Who do you like yes, in sir. the Super Bowl? What do you like in the I Super like, Bowl? <laughs> that's, that, thanks for asking me that question. As of, as of uh, this present moment, I'm still flipping a coin. It's almost a toss-up for me. I think Philadelphia is the better team, but I have a really difficult time betting against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They just have a way of winning they, when they should be losing, so... I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Philadelphia is going to win this, and they're going to win it 21-17. to 17. Straight up. Okay. And yourself, Eugene? 
I don't. That's why I'm asking. What do you think I'm asking you for? I'm just, exactly the same thing. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to bet against. I don't want to bet against Brady, and yet Philly is the better team. And ninety um, percent of Americans think that it's going to be Philly. Eugene, and um, I don't know. The stat. The stats show that any MVP has not won a Super Bowl in fifteen years. Anybody that has been the NFL's MVP, which is Tom Brady, announced yesterday. They haven't won a Super Bowl in the last 10 or 11 times. So, wow. I think New England. All right. You may, you, you may have just tipped me over. So, I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks very much. And have a great Super Bowl day. Okay. Thanks okay. so much, Eugene. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. Well, that was a topic I think that uh, he touched on with, uh, you know, Nez with the three levels of government. And uh, there's a show for us in the future, Wally, which I've done some work on. No, because I know, and, and, and just so our listeners understand, this is an area that you, uh, you've you actually lectured on. You've been asked, yes. you're, you're, you're sort of an expert on well, this. Well, no, like I wouldn't go as far uh, to say that, but. Uh, no, but you've, uh, you've, you've given presentations that, yeah. uh, about, about the whole economics of sport and the whole uh, economic spinoff of of a professional sports franchise. And I know that uh, it's a topic that uh, we've almost, we always promised we were going to talk about on the air. So uh, just, you know, really briefly, maybe you can, uh, you can give us your, uh, your thoughts, because as Eddie Andelman said on, uh, from that, from that paper he received from that PhD student in Stanford, the economics of the economic effects and benefits of professional sports franchises are way, way overrated, aren't they, Mike? Well, they are, and actually the economic impact of a sports franchise in a city is actually zero. And the thing about it is is that, uh, you know, the fans of the team consider themselves the owners, and so they will go to any lengths to have a team. And for, you know, general feel-good and, um, you know, optimism for a city and uh, an attraction, you have to have major league sports, and that that's just a given. <laughs> But the economic impact, it costs taxpayers. Uh, they get discounts on, uh, you know, property taxes. Uh, their sales tax are sometimes put aside. And, I mean, it's, it's a very complicated uh, equation. But the bottom line to it is a lot of the, the, the employment is part-time, so it's not factored into the employment numbers. Uh, disposable income from people who go to games, if they didn't spend it on sports, they'd spend it on something else. Because, they, ha- they have to subsidize somehow, or else Ottawa's not going to make it. Well, every team the goes to that. The government have to. Look. Edmonton had their their uh, song and dance, yeah. and they finally got subsidized by the city. Calgary's going through that well, right Calgary, now. Calgary, Quebec. Ottawa needs a hand. He can't. There's no way. And I respect Eugene as much as anyone else, but there's no way they're going to make it without the help of the three governments. Oh, they have to. No it, way. And but the, well, the point is, is that what you got? Did you got right. to sell that to your constituents? And the constituents they're, are the ones that are paying it. But Mike and Ness, like. I just I can't foresee a situation where where three levels of government in this country are going to come in and write checks for a professional sports franchise. I don't know if there's any precedent anywhere in the country for that, Mike. Um, you probably know better than I do. Uh, in Canada, but, probably but, not. But, but then, if you're going to do that, if the federal forget about the Ottawa government, okay? You know, and you know. You know, a lot of those counselors, they're really, you know what, you know, I'm not so sure they really care about their professional sports franchise. Like you, you know, when the three of us are sports junkies, I get it, but not the rest of the world. Not, not every citizen thinks like us in terms of expenditures of public monies. I mean, a lot of people would like to take that money, that money and spend it on the arts or spend it on education well, or they spend do. it on health care. They do. You know, like, 
Like, there's a lot of competing demands for public resources, and I'm not so sure, uh, you know, spending them on a professional sports fri- franchise is, as it is or should be at the top of a politician's agenda. Then if you're the federal government, then you've got to worry about sports. Well, you set that precedent. You've set it across the country. So, you know, they come in. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how Quebec built their arena. I, I, doubt, I don't know whether there was federal public money in that. Was there? Well, was, here. There, was there provincial? Well, let's let's do it this way. Uh, Eddie touched on it with Minnesota Gate into Super Bowl today as a gift for building yeah, the stadium. That's indoors, by the way. Yes, it's indoors. Well, that's fine. And okay. uh, you know, I went to the one in in Detroit when it was there. So that aside, let's use the Super Bowl as an example. And it was in the Meadowlands with their new ball, with their new stadium. What everybody talks about is the win that you get for having the Super Bowl and the billions of dollars people say they make, which is actually turns into millions. And when New Jersey had the Super Bowl a few years ago, it act they had to build a new transit route coming from the New York to New Jersey, which cost them $15 million. They had to pay for extra security. They had to bring in extra guards like from the state side. They didn't get any of the sales tax from the sales tickets because it went directly to the NFL when you purchase it. All the events on NFL Super Bowl week are all sponsored by the NFL, so they make all the money. And what happened was tourism is down in places like the Empire State Building, uh, the museums, because people figure it's going to be so busy in the city they're not going to go to those events because of the NFL stuff. At the end of the day, they still make money, but the number's probably in the tens of millions. It's not the hundreds of millions Mike, that do, they make. Do they, do they subsidize uh, now currently the levels of the government? Let's say the federal government su- subsidizes the provincial government, and mm-hmm. the provincial government subsidizes the municipal government. Doesn't that mean that all three governments are involved in, in this anyway? Like- I haven't done the work on that part of it because I, I just did it on, on stadiums as a whole throughout the you know, Major League Baseball mm-hmm. hockey and so on. But uh, I haven't explored that level. I did it for more of the municipal side. And the cities and the, the impact from the city side. But you're right. I mean, at some point, they do have to step up. And we've seen all the battles going back and forth from that. And it's funny when they tried to do BMO Field. Remember the battle that went on with Tim Lewicki and the city over that looking for $10 million for BMO Field expansion? And when they were and they were you know going through the pros and cons of that, but they got it, they and they got eventually it. got they it. Got with, it. But it's public pressure because if you don't, it's the fans once again. But I can tell yeah, you this, that doesn't make, Mike. Mike, I'll be I'll be quite frank with you. Yeah. Uh, if if I'm going to if I'm going to tip the scales on on this argument, which yeah. which are which side of the argument I'm on? Yeah. Like like MLSC accepting ten million dollars. Uh, for improvements to BMO Field, I, I, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, he was trying to get skin in the I, game I, from the city, is what it was. So let me give you this. Let me leave you with this: a major league yeah. stadium for employment and economic impact, as what we're talking about on the city, has the same economic impact as a mid-sized ball. If you think about employment and money generated from sales tax, you know, land space, etc., and that is a fact. But what would you rather have, a major league sports franchise or a mall? Uh, you know, it, it's it, that's what it and that's what attracts people to cities. Well, I, I tell you what, I'd prefer having rather than uh, rather than. Oh. I mean, I don't mind the. I don't. I don't. It, it, I'm okay with with the major league uh, sports franchise. I'm okay with the mall. <laughs> I'm okay with anything. I'm. I'm. I'm I, I got a much better uh, interest in better health care and better education. Uh, so if somebody makes the argument that. If if, if, if if taxpayers' dollars are being diverted to sports franchises, which could be which could be used in long-term healthcare facilities, then I got a problem with that argument. 
I really, I do. You know what? The sports franchise, especially, you know, Toronto may be the exception to the rule. And, and, I, and I don't remember anything in that conversation with Eugene where he was suggesting that he had his handout with the government right now. He's, he, I think he's trying to structure this as a completely private enterprise, subject, of course, having to go through the municipal approval system and, and, and getting the deal with the National Capital Commission to do it at Le Breton Flats, which he seems to have solved that hurdle. But did you hear anything? Have you read anything, Mike, that he's actually asking for money from from any government? I haven't heard, got to that level yet. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure he's going to have to. There's he will gonna, from the municipal be money side. Coming from it the has government. to. It won't at work least, otherwise. At least municipally, for sure. But I mean, we're running out of time here, guys. We're we're. Grinding down the last 10 seconds here of the show. Uh, this is definitely a topic. I got some great stories for you on some stages, particularly the one built in Miami. What went on there and what the, what the concessions made to the public. But we want to thank everybody for joining us this morning. Walter, I hope the sun's shining all day for you. You play well today. And uh, we we'll all back thank at- you so much. And thanks and thanks for filling in for me. Mike. Oh, it's always it. a pleasure chair sitting for you. Prediction today. Philadelphia uh, 27. Uh, I'd like to see Philadelphia win. New England 20. You know, I, I just really, really quickly down down here. Uh, no, no, everybody hates the Pats. Everybody wants the Eagles to win. So I'll leave you. I'll leave you guys with that. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, we'll see you later. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.